This is Retirement Paradise with Greg Gunther from the Retirement Optimization Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Greg provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals, your money, and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here is Greg Gunther to help you retire in paradise. Aloha. Welcome back to Retirement Paradise. This is Greg Gunther from the Retirement Optimization Group. If you'd like more information about what you hear during the show, please give us a call at 791-2924. You can also visit us online at therogroup.org. And while at the website, please click on the radio page, and there you can subscribe to the show. That way you're always kept up to date with the latest episodes. Today we're going to be talking about some proposed changes to the rules for retirement accounts. Kind of a big deal, and these changes are proposed in the SECURE Act, which stands for Setting Every Community Up for Retirement Enhancement. A little bit wordy, but you know how the government can be. (laughs) (laughs) Nice short title. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, this has passed the House of Representatives um, already last May, and the vote was 417 to 3. Hey, bipartisan even. Yeah, definitely. And it's currently um, waiting in line at the U.S. Senate for final approval. Um, so that's what we're going to be talking about today. I mean, before we jump in, you heard, of course, as always, my t- my co-host, Tony Shore. Um, I'd like to welcome you to the show officially, Tony. Thanks for being here with us again. Oh, I wouldn't miss it for the world. Uh, you're going to answer some very important questions in this show that I have. Number one, uh, you're going to give us the answer to life, the universe, and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to answer the question, why chickens hate snowblowers. So stay tuned. That's not until the second segment. Uh, maybe <laughs> you'll answer it in the first segment, but our listeners have to stay tuned for that. But yeah, I've had a great week and I was looking forward to seeing you today. Great to be here with you. How about you? How has your week been, Greg? Um, been great. I've uh, been a little bit busy and we're getting ready for our uh, federal retirements benefit training seminar uh, this weekend at the Veterans Center. I um, always love doing those. Um, got to get to see some clients um, that like to pop in and bring some colleagues of theirs. So that's exciting. Oh, that's cool. That's very cool. Uh, I know you've been keeping busy and you've got some workshops coming up, right? Yep, that one. And um, we're probably, what I'm actually really excited about is a client appreciation event. Um, our friends, partners, and money managers over at Gradient Investments are actually going to come out here to the island. Uh, I'm sure they are. They can't wait for that one. You had to twist their arm. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, for those who don't know, their home office is in Minnesota and they're coming out here in the winter. So they are really looking forward to that. I bet they are. Who's all, who's all going to be there? Um, Mike Binger, the uh, main uh, president's coming out and a couple other money managers. I think um, Wayne Schmidt's coming. Oh, I'm sure he is. So uh, yeah. So they're, they're, they want to play some golf. Uh, no, <laughs> that is a, you're just hitting me with all the shocking news. Uh, but the president of Gradient Investments is coming out. That's impressive. Uh, he's a senior portfolio manager. He's on, I've seen him on uh, Fox Business News and CNBC talking about what the markets are doing and, and where they might be headed. So uh, you're getting the big guns to come out for your client event. I like it. 
Yeah, he's a he's a great guy. Super smart. Over twenty years oh, experience. Yeah, um, very yeah. glad 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 he's part of the team. Yeah, I've had the privilege of meeting and working with him. He's really good too on on TV and radio, and even better in person. Uh, he's impressive. So that's really nice. Uh, that's a big perk. Uh, your clients are lucky. Uh, they're fortunate that they uh, get to uh, rub elbows with him, get some information from him, and uh, I'm sure he'll give you an update on where everything's at. Uh, so what are we talking about in today's show? So, yeah, the SECURE Act um, that's currently under oh, yeah. debate in the U.S. Senate. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what, so you're talking about potential changes to IRAs, though, correct? Right. Yeah. It's going to, it has the potential to make quite a few changes. Um, yeah. in fact, there are, there are, there are several ones, um, that could affect this law. So we, we have a lot of different resources today, um, including the, the act itself, um, yep. from the house ways and means committee. And this document actually highlights some of the proposed changes that could impact how IRAs, individual retirement accounts are used. Ah, okay. Uh, that sounds good. I know there's a lot to cover here, uh, but what do you think is the most important or one of the biggest items proposed in that new bill? Well, in my opinion, one of the bigger changes within the SECURE Act deals with how IRAs are treated after the account holder passes away. Uh, currently, under current law, a lot of clients, and actually we've talked about this in our workshops, it's one of the the best legacy planning tools is to use their IRAs as uh, part of their estate plan. And this is called um, a tactic known as the stretch IRA. And if anybody's been to my workshops, um, we know we, we talk about this for about good 10, 15 minutes um, because it's so tax beneficial. And I have a Barron's article um, from last July, July 2019. This one is titled, The Stretch IRA is a about to snap under the secure act and this article wow. goes into detail and explains how iras can be used for estate planning and how investors can bequeath them to their heirs like children and and even their grandchildren and a lot of people refer it as the as the skip the generational skip ira so this has a lot of potential tax advantages for for the heirs the the current law so each ira has minimum distributions. We know the, re the required minimum distributions known as RMDs. And so when the account owner reaches 70 and a half, that's when they have to start pulling money out. When you inherit the IRA, you're also required to take an RMD instead of a full distribution lump sum all at once tax suicide. You can nibble on just taking out the minimums, which are a lot less for the younger group because of their age. It's actually stretched out over their lifetime. So this wow. allows the account to keep growing, earning interest, earning dividends, capital gains, and you guys, uh, the, the beneficiaries just take the little tiny bits about it. So that's going to mm. change. Oh, that's, that's a really great perk that we've had up until now, uh, at least uh, the stretch IRA. Um, wow. That sounds good. I, but I, I think the real, uh, big news here is the fact that you're just excited because You've been dying to use the word bequeath in a show. Uh, you finally worked it in. I like it. So are these stretch IRAs a popular estate planning tool now? Um, yeah, they, they are used by some individuals, but not all. Um, they actually started getting their attention from press um, back in the 2012 presidential election. Um, during the election, through financial disclosures, it was actually made public that Mitt Romney had an IRA that was worth over $102 million. 
And so this started some questions um, in the media and in Congress. And they have since investigated um, changing rules related to stretch IRAs before, uh, and notably during the Obama administration just a few years ago. Uh, but this time they've partnered those changes with others, and it seems likely that this new bill will eventually become law. Hmm, interesting. So what are some of the other things that this new SECURE Act could change? I mean, it's kind of a bummer that it might take away stretch IRAs, uh, or at least how they exist now. Uh, what's something else that it could change? Well, um, going back specifically, not talking about the stretch part, but how they're actually going to require the distributions now. So if the stretch is off ah, the table, okay. what they're saying in the SECURE Act is that your distributions for the beneficiary has to take place within 10 years oh, um, of the original So that kind of death. takes away the big perk of a stretch IRA. Yeah. So the, the tax bite um, is a little bit more fierce rather than stretching it out over your lifetime. You have to take it over a 10-year period. Um, so this would likely increase tax revenues, of course, due to those distributions um, taking place over a shorter period of time. It's taxed as income, so the brackets go up. Can kind of be a double whammy for beneficiaries because if that distribution makes their bracket go up, they're paying more taxes not only on that inheritance, but also on the money they actually earn that year. Oh, okay. So the SECURE Act would make this change um, to stretch IRAs and of course, to create more tax revenue from the distributions. And more, yeah. more tax revenue is needed to make up for several of the other changes the act makes. So detailed in a June article by CNBC, this one titled, Five Tips for Advisors to Consider Before the Stretch IRA Dies Out. So one new part of the SECURE Act that allows for small businesses to work together to sponsor a retirement plan for their employees uh, through a plan called Multiple Employer Plan, um, or referred to as a MEP. Hmm. Yeah, that's a relatively new one on me, and I, I don't know that these multiple employer plans are well known. I, I must admit, I, I really don't know much about them. Uh, tell us a little bit more. Absolutely. So first, let's define what a multiple employer plan is. So Looking at Investopedia.com, uh, they are a retirement savings plan that is adopted by two or more employers that are unrelated for tax purposes. And the IRS, our friends over there, and the U.S. Department of Labor are the ones that determine if employers are unrelated. So a MEP can either be a defined contribution retirement plan, like a 401k or TSP, or it could be a defined benefit plan, um, like a pension. And MEPs are run by a sponsor. In most cases, the sponsor has a fiduciary liability for the plan and carries out all the administrative duties. Okay, gotcha. Remind me what a fiduciary is again. I remind our listeners out there. I think this is important. Yeah, so a fiduciary um, could be a trustee for a trust. Um, uh, investment advisors like myself are also held to fiduciary capacity. Uh, basically, they're defined as one who acts on behalf of others in their best interest. So you're held to that highest standard to always have the best interest of whoever you're acting for. Um, in this case that we're referring to the MEP sponsor performs the fiduciary duty for those that join that multiple employer plan. And those companies that join um, are known as the adopting employers. The MEP sponsor owes the duties of good faith and trust to the adopting employers of the MEP. Okay. Uh, I don't, you know, 
these plans, it's interesting. I'm glad you talked about that. It's important to know that you're working with a fiduciary, and that's very important. Uh, how does all this, uh, the MEP, impact small businesses? Uh, it w- would it be a positive change then? Well, uh, positive and negative often depends on your point of view. The, the SECURE Act that passed the House opens that multiple employer plan or MEPs uh, to more employers, which is good. And currently, these types of plans require that businesses share a, a common economic or representational interest. In my opinion, that type of restriction is kind of holding MEPs back from, from their full potential. Well, that makes sense, I guess. Uh, we should probably take a moment to let our listeners know, though, Greg, how to get a hold of you. Yes. If you have any questions about what we're talking about today, um, comments, would love to hear from you. Please feel free to give us a call. Our office is 791-2924. You can also go to our website, therogroup.org, and there's a lot of good links in there, and you can also uh, communicate to us via email. All right. That sounds great. And uh, we're looking at some proposed changes to the rules for retirement accounts, IRAs, and Greg, you've been talking to us about how these changes are proposed in the uh, so succinctly titled Setting Every Community Up for Retirement Enhancement Act, or, mm-hmm. or the SECURE Act, nice acronym, that passed the House of Representatives in May of this year uh, overwhelmingly. Uh, and it's currently under debate in the Senate. And you first touched on how stretch IRAs can be impacted. And uh, just before uh, a little break there, we're getting some of the details on how multiple employer plans or MEPs may change. Uh, And I admit, uh, I just learned about MEP for the first time. I I didn't realize what that was and adopting employers as well. My financial vocabulary expands every single episode with you, Greg. (laughs) Uh, But how will the SECURE Act impact these types of plans? Well, I got another uh, reference for us, and this is from a blog uh, from Mass Mutual. And this one uh, headline is What the Secure Act Could Mean for Businesses. And the Secure Act would allow more types of businesses to work together in, in a MEP. And currently, businesses must have that common economic or representational interest that I mentioned earlier. And these could allow more businesses to uh, potentially cut costs. They can eliminate some of the regulatory red tape and limit the legal liability. Uh, so basically, just for small businesses, it's going to make it easier to offer these types of plans for uh, for their employees. Now, Congress would also like to make it easier uh, for these plans to be administered as well. And the SECURE Act directs the Department of Labor to uh, simplify reporting for the MEPs, uh, for plans that... for for people that cover less than a thousand employees is what the what the act reads. And however, in order to qualify for this simplified reporting, each participating employer must have less than 100 in the plan. So it's really designed for the smaller companies. So are there other changes to IRAs that the Secure Act proposes then? Uh, yes, I'm glad you you kind of redirecting us back in there to the IRA uh, changes. And there is another facet in the act that repeals the contribution age, the maximum contribution age of 70 and a half. So under current law, once you hit 70 and a half, we know that's your RMD time. Currently, you're not allowed to contribute to a traditional IRA anymore after that age. But with the average life expectancy increasing, 
employees working longer, we're retiring a little later. Um, this act is suggesting that you can contribute uh, longer than that to your retirement accounts. And there has been some criticism of this provision. Uh, the critics say that it mostly benefits those with significant tax deferred savings. And this change would allow them to grow this money for a, for a longer period of time. And of course, you know, less taxes ultimately, um, or waiting, the government waiting longer to get those taxes. Um, there are other suggested changes to the RMD rules as well. Um, some have included allowing smaller accounts with those the value of less than 100000 to be relieved of those requirements altogether. So no RMDs if your account's less than 100000 Right. And so uh, I, I think that uh, we could get lost in the weeds on this, but it's really important to understand. And these seem like beneficial changes, some of them, right? Yeah, well, those are likely beneficial changes for some. If you planned on using your IRA um, as a stretch, for example, as part of your legacy, like we talked about um, in the first segment, you may want to look at other potential options to pass on your legacy. Um, so I have a, a, the Barron's article that we discussed earlier. Um, they suggest one option maybe to convert your traditional IRA to a Roth IRA. Um, this strategy would result in current tax consequences. Of course, you got to pay the tax all up front to do that, but it may provide um, much better tax benefits for the beneficiaries. Right. And, and I think that's really important. Uh, in that scenario, I guess you'd pay taxes now as opposed to when the funds are withdrawn through the RMDs, right? Right, exactly. You, you pay it all up front for the benefit of never having to pay him again. Um, another option you should consider is you could use the money from your IRA to purchase life insurance policy with your heirs as the beneficiaries. Um, this is actually kind of a big deal and people have been doing this for a long time because proceeds from life insurance are income tax free. Uh, beneficiaries don't have to pay a penny in taxes on it. And there are special policies designed for legacy planning, for married couples especially, called a survivor life insurance policy. If any of our listeners haven't heard of that one, write that one down. Um, basically, it's a second to die. You put two people on one policy. Um, so both people have to pass away in order for it to pay. But the benefit is it's based on two lives. You get a lot more insurance uh, coverage for it. And usually all the financial pitfalls happen when you're passing the money down to your heirs. So use your IRA money to make premiums into this policy and you can create a huge tax-free uh, legacy and you can distribute the money as you as you want. Wow. Okay. So uh, that makes sense. Uh, obviously, um, this proposed legislation it could change a lot of things about IRAs then. Yeah, there's a lot on the table there and it's, it's important to remember that this is still proposed legislation, not yet actual law. Um, and while the SECURE Act isn't yet law, the Senate hasn't voted on it. Um, and that's why. And it's it does have substantial bipartisan support. And I feel it's likely to become law. I mean, it passed the House 417 to 3, so that should say something. Um, so we can kind of expect this probably to be taking place in the near future. And I highly recommend that you review your current financial strategy with your financial services professional to see how these changes might impact you and your legacy plan. Yeah, that sounds good. And how can our listeners do that? How do they get a hold of you? Well, if you have any questions, if you want some assistance with this, uh, want a little more information, feel free to give us a call at 
2924 is our number. Or again, you can visit us online at therogroup.org. All right. And I'd like to remind our listeners that you are listening to Retirement Paradise. I am your co-host, Tony Shore, and our host is Greg Gunther. Now, Greg, uh, where do we go from here with uh, the SECURE Act changes to IRAs? Well, in the final segment of today's show, uh, I'd like to focus on another type of change, and that's divorce. Uh, specifically, how you can reconfigure your retirement strategy after going through a divorce. And one of the sources is an article uh, from U.S. News and World Report, um, very recent, October 2019. This one is titled, How to Retool Your Retirement Plan After Divorce. And you can get this article at money.usnews.com for our listeners who want to read this. Um, But for many people, divorce causes major changes in most areas of life. And retirement strategy is just one area that's impacted. And both individuals will need to adjust, but the one with less income will likely have to adjust more. Uh, So I want to take a a look uh, at a few steps this article suggests for making that adjustment. Okay. Uh, What's the first suggestion from that article? Well, one item that you may want to consider um, is the Qualified Domestic Relations Order, also known as the the QDRO. And this would be important if your former spouse or partner had an employer-sponsored retirement plan that you're entitled to a portion of as part of your divorce agreement. So the QDROs require payouts to the plan non-participants. So these are often very complex and time-consuming, and you might want to work with an attorney or an actuary um, if this is happening to you. Um, as retirement plans have very specific requirements on how the QDROs are written. So what can you do with the money you receive through uh, the QDRO or whatever you call it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good question. Um, so once you receive money through that, that QDRO, you can roll it into your own IRA um, or other retirement account. Um, if your 401k at work allows um, contributions, um, you might be able to combine it with that. And according to an article a couple years old, this one's August 2017, marketwatch.com talks about divorce. This one's titled Getting Divorced, How to Avoid Tax Pitfalls When Splitting Up Retirement Accounts. Using these um, qualified domestic orders can be a valuable way to split up your retirement accounts. So using these QDROs allows the spouse receiving the money to roll it over tax-free into your IRA. So you don't want to take the distribution because you're going to pay taxes on it. Plus there's penalties if you're under 59 and a half. So yes, you want to, you want to roll this over into something that's, that's a like account. Wow. Okay. So how how does divorce impact social security? That's a big part of retirement, obviously. Yeah. Well, you know, we always like to talk about social security on the show. It's a big part (laughs) of, uh, get away from it. (laughs) It's a big part of the retirement strategy and you know, I'm passionate about it. And um, it's, a, it's a good question. Um, one thing to keep in mind is that divorce doesn't necessarily mean that you lose out on your Social Security spousal benefits um, if you're divorced. So if you're married 10 years or longer uh, and you haven't remarried yet, you're actually still entitled to your spousal benefits from your ex-spouse uh, from their Social Security work record. And your Social Security benefit amount will be impacted by the timing of filing for it. So spousal Options are still reduced if you take it early at eligibility at 62 versus your full retirement age. Um, but working with the financial service professional that understands how these benefits work um, and the timing and how it can best fit your strategy is, is really the way to go. Um, and uh, just a good reminder, on our website, we have 
social security maximization tools um, available to, to our clients. And so you can head over there and check it out, or you can request a brochure. Um, so just remember that these benefits, the, the spousal um, and a survivor benefit, if your ex passes away, they are still available to you. You have to be divorced two years, though, before you can actually um, take the spousal benefit. And filing for those doesn't, uh, as a reminder, it doesn't impact the benefits of that ex-spouse. So it doesn't matter, actually, technically, Tony, if somebody was married and divorced every 10 years, like, say, four times over 40 years, all those ex-spouses could receive a spousal benefit, and it doesn't affect the other one. So what else does your office recommend for people who are looking to reconfigure their retirement strategy after a divorce? Well, we believe contributing to your own savings is likely going to be the most important action you can take as part of your retirement strategy after a divorce. Take control of your finances and and start tucking money away. I mean, divorce may have upset your financial world and it may feel overwhelming to try and choose a way to move forward. Uh, but even contributing a small amount to your retirement account does have long-term benefits. And especially the younger you are, uh, the more time you have on your side, the more impactful that can be. And divorce can be devastating to your financial future, but it doesn't have to be a death sentence for your retirement strategy. Take the right steps and you'll be on your way to your desired financial future. All right. That sounds great. As usual, the time has flown by. Time is up for this week's show, Greg. Is there anything else you want to add before we go? Well, I'd just like to remind our listeners um, how to reach us. You can call us at 791-2924. Visit us online at therogroup.org. And as a final reminder, if you're not following us on Facebook, uh, we're getting really active in that. Lots of good stuff. Um, so please follow the Retirement Optimization Group on Facebook. All right. That sounds great. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of Retirement Paradise with our host, Greg Gunther. Thank you for listening to Retirement Paradise. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Greg Gunther at the Retirement Optimization Group. Call 808-791-2924 or visit their website at therogroup.org. Greg Gunther and the Retirement Optimization Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.